You're listening to Rosie on the House. Walking around the back here. Got those sprinklers going. We're talking about the outdoor hour here at Rosie on the House with special guests. Of course, it's our Arizona Farm Bureau Day. How are you today, Julie Murphy? I am. I'm doing well, Jennifer. Thank you so much. And I always look forward to this first Saturday in the, of the month because I get to hang out with your family. You are family. We love having oh, you well, in. Thank you. And our topic of the month is guess what? Pumpkins. Pumpkins. <laughs> yes. How could it be anything else? Yes. And I'm excited about today's program because uh, we can say some pretty special things about pumpkins here in Arizona. And it's, uh, it's the launch of all of our fall festivals. So this is the first weekend in October, which is so appropriate. And on Fill Your Plate, we have that uh, visit a farm, as I've said earlier, and Jennifer, I know you've checked out. So of the, all of the searchable databases... For October, this has got to be one of the fun, most fun, because if you're in Cochise County, for example, you can just hit Cochise County and up will pop all the farms that you can visit. And one of the farmers we have today, they're launching their fall festival events. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, let's introduce her. Yes, it's uh, Katie Leister with Rocker Seven Farm Patch. Is that correct, Katie? Did I get it all correct? It, it is correct. Um, we uh, the, the name of the, the piece of our farm that we open to the public is every fall is Rocker 7 Farm Patch. Yay. Well, welcome, and we're so glad to have you as part of this. Just one other little um, uh, mention on that visit a farm. If you hit uh, Maricopa County alone, you're going to run into, again, the farm family that we're talking to right now, Rocker 7 Farm Patch, but you can also end up checking out Justice Brothers Citrus, and that's a farm that you can visit and pick citrus. We've got uh, the Schneff Farms, which is very well known. You've got Agrotopia. So we have a lot of farm families that are opening their farms during the fall time. But Katie, what we're hoping you'll kind of share with us during this uh, fun hour talking about agriculture is about your family's uh, farm history. Um, sure. Yeah. So um, I uh, I married into Arizona agriculture. Um, I am a uh, I am a, a Texas native. I met uh, my husband Brandon uh, when we were in graduate school at Texas A and M, and I was more mobile than a farm, and so uh, I uh, moved back here to join <laughs> him and, and, <laughs> on the farm and. Um, as far as uh, his, his family's history, I feel like it's um, probably a bit less conventional than most generational uh, families in agriculture. I feel like probably most most generational families in agriculture they um, have have started have started with a, a, an, ag, an ag venture, and that has that particular venture has been passed down, maybe expanded or you know altered through the years as different generations have taken it on. And his family. Um, each person has kind of has kind of explored uh, the the a, a different facet of the industry that has that has been in their particular passion or interest. Um, for his, it's it's kind of, it's actually kind of a uh, a good story. When they moved to Arizona, it was uh, my husband's great grandpa, uh, and they moved here in the '40s. He uh, was from Kentucky, 
And he came out here. He had a little pickup and a little trailer. And he drove all through the valley trading cattle. And he called my husband's grandma at the time. And uh, he, uh, he, he told her, I can make money sitting on a hot rock in Arizona. It's bursting with opportunity out here. Awesome. He saw that in the yeah. 1940s? Yeah. Wow. So yes, cool. that was in the 40s whenever they moved here. And so, um, so, so my, my husband's grandparents came out here. And, um, and then uh, they, they kind of were involved in lots of different um, ag-related things. Um, they started out with a little grocery store, just kind of in product level. Um, he farmed. He had a dairy, a, a feedlot. Um, he had some stalker cattle, uh, cow-calf for a little bit, and uh, just kind of went into all kinds of different things. And, um, and then my father-in-law... Um, kind of moved, and it, it, it kind of, uh, each generation kind of moved a little bit further west. We're, um, we're in the West Valley now and uh, in, in Buckeye, and uh, my father-in-law started farming cotton out here about 40 years ago, and then uh, when we finished graduate school, we came and started kind of our own farm. Uh, we shared a lot of resources with my father-in-law at the beginning to kind of help us get going, and uh, but <clears throat> we, uh, and then we've, we've kind of diversified ours into our crop farm. Uh, we market some alfalfa. We have um, a, a, a show cattle venture and then now our agritourism that we, uh, this will be our sixth season in that. So, so the agritourism, I mentioned, you said uh, you're in the West Valley. What's the address? So if people want to come out there in the coming weekends, especially during your little open house, so to speak, or open farm, What's the address? Yes, so we we, op- we open this coming Friday on October 11th, and we'll be open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Uh, our cross streets are Jackrabbit Trail, which is 195th Avenue, will be the exit from the from I-10, and then uh, our cross street is Broadway Road. And Jennifer, I've been to this one, and one of the things I like to highlight this farm, this agritourism spot, is how much they emphasize the education for young kids, and I think you kind of cater. Um, kindergarten through what third grade or probably all the way up but I'm just loving how much Rocker 7 Farm Patch focuses on educating young children it's just precious so if you take your grandbabies there Jennifer you're going to love it. So so Katie are those those events like people would sign up for do you take home school groups do you take elementary school groups how does the education part happen or is it just more organic? Uh, So we 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 do um they're kind of (laughs) Another 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 idea on that is that we also branch branched off the education portion of what we do into a nonprofit called Rocker Seven Farm Tours. Um, just we we just we just kind of switched all of that over this last season, and so all of that is run, is run as a nonprofit um, where we can reinvest those profits into offering trips to um, like Title One schools and things like that, and. Um, we we do have a homeschool day, which is very popular with like local homeschool co-ops and things. We have some scheduled uh, traditional school field trips uh, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, we have a specific preschool day, which has worked for those little ones to be in some of our play areas uh, where there aren't older kids that day. And well, each of uh, we. Had, everything you do sounds like a full time job. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're one of those people with tons well, we of energy. Do. Yeah. Yeah, as, as that, that 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 and I mean we like like anyone and I mean we cannot do any part of what we do without without a great team and that's particularly true with our festival. Um, we have our we as you mentioned we open next weekend. We have our setup day going on right now. We have um, a, a great group out here 
uh, moving moving hay bales and putting up tents for people to have shade next weekend and things like that. And a lot of the people um, who are out here with us today have been with us since we started. Um, a couple of the gentlemen who are older in high school now started hauling pumpkins for people in wagons when they were 11 years old. Oh, and um, it's just it not only um, has it been an opportunity for to, to expand kind of our family farm and invite the community, but it's also brought in that um, that like a, a festival family as well. So I, I felt lucky to get Katie on today just because of knowing how busy they are getting prepped for the weekend festivals. But and the other thing that I can always appreciate about Rocker Seven is because of our ag education program at Arizona Farm Bureau. Last year, I think we reached about 110,000 student teachers and parents, and uh, we're, we we teach all the way from kindergarten to high school, but we have pretty heavy emphasis in our curriculum on K through three. But when I go out to the farm to Rocker 7, the couple times that I've been there, it's like so hands-on. And one of the things they stress, and Katie, you can speak to this better than me, is that when you have kids out there on the farm, some of the experiences that they have, it'll <laughs> embed in their memory for a lifetime. I mean, you still hear adults say, I can't, I'll never forget when I got to go to the dairy. I ne- I'll never forget when I got to go to Rocker 7. So those kind of experiences last for a lifetime, and we just appreciate our farm and ranch families here in Arizona that are doing that for us. And, Katie, you know, I, I'm excited to hear some of the things that you'll be doing the, these next few weekends when you're really going to have crowds there, correct? Yes, and so I th- I think we or we feel like I mean a big reason why we started this out here in the West Valley um, to kind of have a closer option for um, for people on, on our on our side of town um, as as everything you know becomes more urban. I mean we have we a lot of our farm fields are just surrounded by housing developments now, and it's it's just going to only become increasingly important for all of us who are involved in what I would call traditional agriculture and crop farming um, to um, to to really. To really invite invite that our community to to visit and see and get a, get a small taste of what it's like to be on the farm and to be in the dirt and to, um, for <laughs> one uh, one 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 story that um, from our field trips uh, these these kids they they get in our in our educational garden that we grow where they are actually able to. Uh, harvest things like zucchinis and things like that um, that they've seen before too, so they can you know connect this the whole the whole picture and they're able to take these home and have their parents cook them and um, they 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 start to, to harvest these vegetables and um, and and they say, they say oh this is poking my hand and my hands are dirty and anyway <laughs> that just just making that whole connection that um, that, you know that that's where things come from and that's what it takes to um, to get this food on our plate. And we, we hope that that's, that that's what we're able to, to provide It's to kind of sharing the whole food chain. So um, yes, one, one exactly. other real quick question is, would have you ever, because we're about to go to commercial, but would have you ever imagined what you'd be doing when you married a farmer? <laughs> you know, it, it varied. Um, my, my, back, my educational background was in uh, first in ag communications, and then uh, we were both in graduate school for um, ag economics and oh, agribusiness. And um, so I, I always imagine kind of a, a, a career related to agricultural marketing, uh, communicating. And so there so you go. Actually, a big reason, <laughs> a big reason why we, we, we started this is to kind of combine the give, this, this festival gives an outlet to use those skills. So. Excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about pumpkins pretty soon in the next segment. 
Making jack-o'-lanterns is a lot of fun. Making jack-o'-lanterns is a lot of fun. Making jack-o'-lanterns is a lot of fun. But please make some pumpkin pie when you're done. I like every kind of pie except cow. I like every kind of pie except All right, welcome back to Rosie on the House. And look, I'm Rosie, and this is my show. And Julie, let's just get one thing straight right now. Anytime you bring a Texas A&M Aggie onto my show, oh, here we go. we, we got to teach him the LSU fight song first. Okay. Oh, I wouldn't no. be surprised if Katie knows it because she knows a lot. <laughs> well, uh, Jennifer, you were highlighting something on their website that I thought was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Just for one thing, Rosie found this banner, Fertilizing Young Minds with a Full Day of Farm what was it? Farm, family fun. fun. <laughs> family too many farm for fun. Me. Family fun. <laughs> Katie, Katie's got it memorized. I'm sure she can say it. Katie, you've got so many things going on out there. They have the corn maze. You have the petting zoo. Um, you know, just all kinds. And you get to go pick a pumpkin next weekend. But the admission is really not very much for all that you get. It's, what is it, $10 a head? It, it is. It's $9 on Fridays and $10 on Saturdays and Sundays, and that includes all of our farm activities. We um, include a hayride in that uh, that is tractor-drawn, uh, that drives around um, our, our crop maze, and then it also goes through our sunflower field, um, which if in our, for, our, for our October Fall Festival, our sunflowers may be a bigger attraction than our pumpkins. <laughs> Everyone oh, seems yeah. to really enjoy those. Oh, so. I bet. That's a, but you're talking about a, a day just to enjoy outside, good, wholesome, away from the computers and the phones, and just and for less than you could go see a movie for. Yes, yes. We actually we relate that to to going to a theater quite a bit. So it's interesting that you. It's more hands on, you know. Uh, yes, yes. And celebrating pumpkins when you get to Rocker Seven. You can uh, just remember all the interesting details. Uh, the USDA during their 2017 census, which is the most recent ag census, uh, shows that 241 acres grew pumpkins in Arizona, and that was out of 114 farms. So when you go to Rocker 7 or you go to Schneff Farms or you go to Justice Brothers Citrus, you pick... Uh, because, by the way, they're going to have pumpkins, too. <laughs> so when you go to any of these farms you can visit, you can remember that there were 241 acres grown. And that varies. Sometimes it's bigger. Uh, we're not known for being the biggest pumpkin grower. That uh, moniker or that recognition goes to Illinois. They have uh, over 17,000 acres in pumpkins. and But, you know, Libby's that processes all the pumpkin sauce and everything else makes sense that they'd grow most of the pumpkins in Illinois. Well, where do, if as a shopper in Arizona, where do our pumpkins come from? So if I'm at Sprouts, are those our local pumpkins? A lot of them are local. Uh, some of our larger farmers are growing them. Um, and I think you should be able to, because some of the grocery stores are really good at identifying them. And, and then obviously, if you go to the farmer's markets or like what Katie can tell you, if you go show up at their uh, farm, their pumpkins are local. Uh, so a lot of the pumpkins are being grown, especially if you go to the farm. The Mortimer Farms, I think they're growing their own pumpkins. Uh, you're going to be able to get local pumpkins there. So most of the time, if it's a farmer's market or you're visiting the farm like Rocker 7, then you're going to be getting local Arizona pumpkins. In fact, there was a time, this, <laughs> you know who... Um, 
identified this or to- told me about it was Romy. He was the one that reminded me that before Phoenix was officially named, a lot of the locals in the area used to call it Pumpkinville because there were a lot of wild growing pumpkins. And then I, I guess our Native American Indians did a lot of the pumpkins. So in Arizona, we've had pumpkins for a long time. Katie, how many varieties do you grow? Uh, we we only only grow a handful here, um, and it, one one of one of the challenges that we have with our festival is that here here in the valley specifically, I mean this this is different for you know, growers like like Mortimer's and things like that mm-hmm. a little bit north, but here in the valley specifically, it's difficult to have them uh, planted at at a time where it's not too hot for them that they'll still be ready in this early October season. Um, like the ones that we've plant the ones the ones that we've planted, we have big beautiful plants out there right now, but we won't have mature pumpkins on them until um, until toward the end of our festival. <clears throat> so part of it is our weather, which is another interesting Correct. thing to me. And that that's one of the little trivia points with pumpkins. It's all in October. I mean, most of the growth is taking place all over the United States in October. So it's, you know, it's also a short season crop. I forget like three or four, maybe it's five months when they start growing. And and that depends state to state, but the big push for your pumpkins is right here around fall, October, November. So that's why we can have pumpkin spice. In fact, I'm going to confess, I hope my uh, pumpkin spice people that don't like it that much don't get after me too much, but I did have a pumpkin spice latte on the way out here. <laughs> so, Katie, tell us some more about some of the activities, anything new taking place on the farm. Uh, the, la- the last couple of years we've focused a little bit more on, on in- improving uh, overall facilities, um, creating more shade and, th- and things like that, um, and and then we've used, we do try to to ex- expand all of our smaller activity areas. Um, we were adding adding some more pedal carts for kids last year. That was a new, new a new attraction uh, last season, and um, we're we're adding on to that. Uh, we do have plans. I won't be won't be ready for this year, but we do have plans to build um, a kid zip line in our um, in our oh, farm area. So that should be ready for our 2020 season. So well, we'll be ready for that too. Then kind of a long-term plan. So, (laughs) all right. uh, Next segment, we'll be talking more about pumpkins. So, so Jennifer and Rosie, colors like red, yellow, and green, and a variety of names like hooligan, cotton candy, and orange smoothie are proof that. More than 45 different varieties of pumpkins exist. And if you go to azfb.org and you plug in pumpkins to do a search, listeners, it's the article called Let's Talk Pumpkins in Arizona Agriculture, and it'll give you all those fun little trivia facts. One of the fun things that you'll see in this article is that a moon pumpkin is growing in Arizona soil, so you'll have an idea of what a moon pumpkin looks like if you go to that article. But that's... um, uh, Jennifer and I were talking during the break, Katie. What's a <laughs> what's a typical day for a mom raising three little kids? Because I think your oldest is what you told me the other day, and I'm going to have to confess I don't. She, she's six. That's mm-hmm. right. So she's six, and your youngest is not even quite a year old right now, right? 
correct. Yeah, she's uh, she'll turn eight months the day we open next week. <laughs> so, do they get to go to the pumpkin patch every day? It's open. <laughs> uh, near, nearly every day. Uh. So, and our our oldest. Our oldest has rarely gotten to a point at the end of the season where she gets tired of it. She's ready to go every day. Oh, I love it. So what's a typical day for you then? That was Jennifer's question to me, and I thought, I'm going to ask you. Okay. Well, you know, we were actually talking about this last night, um, and I I feel like, I mean, this is definitely not something that's specific to us and um or even even, I think it's kind of a widespread agriculture family um, the thing is, um, I mean, it's really neat that we get to involve our kids in, in what we do and um, and how they get to get to see um, get to get to see life and and thing, you know things brought to life. And that's, I mean, for everything from a calf being born to um, that we always let them plant a few seeds in our educational garden each year. Um, and l- last year, our daughter actually attended a field trip out here, uh, which we were a little bit concerned about. You know, we made sure that. She knew to listen to the tour guide before she came out on her field trip. Take them on um, her own tour, We right? thought that it would be a good, right, we thought it would be a good experience for her to be able to say, you know, these these are the plants that I planted out here. And, you know, for them to for, for them to really make all of those connections. And, um, but I guess kind of, you know, there is that whole, that whole balance that all of us agriculture families have. You know, we get to take our kids to work a lot of the time, but at the same time, we also have to take our kids to work a lot of the time, right? <laughs> yeah, you have no choice. <laughs> and, um, right. And, I mean, that, that, that has meant, you know, there were days that we were weeding or planting here in our educational garden for our field trips that um, I ended up having to sprint a quarter mile down the field to keep our three-year-old out of our irrigation ditch, oh, you know? Yeah. Like, Stuff like things. that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Things like that. So well, that's anyway, when they say I- that moms have to have eyes in the back of their head, and I am convinced that that's the case. But I have another, like, family question to ask you, Katie. Is your dad, your father-in-law, is it Dean? Yes. Yes, that's correct. So the reason I'm asking that is my brother used to work for the cotton board and he's my my brother Brent Murphy. So and the Murphys have been in farming for generations here in Arizona. Unfortunately, we got out of it, but we're still promoting it. Brent, my older brother and myself are promoting it, but he um he's had your father-in-law on one of the cotton tours that the cotton the National Cotton Board. So he knows your family and uh it was funny. He Brent, who's now living in Memphis, he listens to the show, you guys. So uh, partly because he knows his sister is going to be on it. But um, so he's giving you a hello and tell the family hi from Brent Murphy. And I will. Yes, my my father-in-law grew cotton out here for 35 years. So I'm <laughs> sure, sure, sure they're certain they're crop, past crop. It's a pretty tight community. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know you're not. Uh, Rosie pointed this out on break that you're not far from the Hyden family, and the Hyden family's grown cotton here in the valley for generations too. Is that not correct? I, yes. Yeah. So yes, pumpkins. Yep. We're pumpkins are ninety percent water, and um, Native Americans used to flatten strips of pumpkins, dry them, and then made mats out of them. Uh, in fact, Native Americans use pumpkins for all sorts of things. And if we thought we were, cle- were clever today on how we use pumpkin <laughs> seeds, Native Americans use pumpkin seeds for food and medicine. So there's a lot of good things about pumpkins. And when you get to Rocker 7 Farm Patch next weekend, you're going to be finding some pumpkins. But I agree with you, Katie. Your sunflowers are some of the most beautiful sunflowers, and they are very attractive. 
especially an entire field of them. Yes, and we uh, we've already have questions nearly every day. People asking, you know, will will they be bloomed by this weekend? You know, what's the best weekend to see them and things like that. So, um, I know you were you were just mentioning a lot of different uses for you know different parts of the pumpkin. One uh, modern use that we've come across since we opened the farm patch uh, has been we uh, we get questions every year. People asking if um, if they can purchase the stem of the pumpkin. Apparently, it's a very popular crafting item. Oh, it oh is. Fun. They make beautiful pumpkins. Somebody, I think somebody started on a little artist on Etsy, and they were beautiful velveteen pumpkins with a, a real stalk. So you okay. make your own little pumpkin. And now they've, you can find them everywhere a lot, just plastic stems and stuff. So people like the, the artsy look of the stem. So I hope you're charging a, a pretty penny for that one because <laughs> you know what? That's a, a lot more valuable than what we get per pound for our cotton at about 61 cents a pound right now. So there you go. Yeah, no, and we, we, we sell the sunflowers too um, for people who are interested in doing oh. those. And um, we do get some, some very big ones. So we, we sell those. Um, we also um, have our crew out here chop down some of our sorghum stalks from our maize every year. And we have those uh, drying at our admission gate. Uh, we always get some, some people buying those for decorative purposes too in the fall. Um, so, I mean, we really try to have kind of all, all pieces of the farm available. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. In our next segment, we've got more to talk about. Oh, no, we got plenty no. to talk about. Oh, I was thinking you misread the cue. No, I, <laughs> wanted, to ask, I wanted to ask Katie a question. It's oh, Gary, good. the producer. Uh, with all those sunflower seeds uh, and sunflowers that are growing at the farm, have you had a rash of those wild lovebirds show up to the farm? Oh, my goodness. Yes. They are not our friend at all. <laughs> oh, they're not? Replant. <laughs> no. Wow. I love yes, their chirp. The birds? Not if they were eating your produce, you wouldn't. Good point. <laughs> oh my goodness, we had we had we had to replant the whole lower end of our sunflower field this year. We oh, had no. to replant um, rows rows in our educational garden three different times oh, this my year. Goodness. Um, I know. Is that I your know, biggest so. predator on your crops? Yeah. Is those little birds, or is it rabbits, or what? What's your biggest challenge? Um, as 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 far as. It, well, overall, as far as the damage that we experienced this year, it was by by far the birds. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, certainly, yes. I wonder yes. if uh, you know our wine growers, and some of them have even given up on the nets, and they use those. They literally have them on, um, they're repeated. These, the hawk, the birds of prey are the constantly, sound. you know, making noises, and they're just doing that with these. One of my wine growers uses it, and apparently it's pretty effective. He says, it's not perfect. I still have some bird damage from my grapes, but he said... I'm not doing nets anymore as a result. Uh, for our yeah. listener, well, here's... We, we, should, we should look into investing you should. in one of those for I sure. I think it's tool. <laughs> is, that, is that the netting? It's called tool or tool? Yeah, mm -hmm. the netting. Mm -hmm. um, and Katie, I can give you the farmer's name, and he can let you know how effective he thinks they are. But uh, one other little interesting bit about pumpkins is more than one and a half billion pounds of pumpkins are produced each year each year in the United States and obviously as we mentioned earlier most of that is coming from Illinois and yes many of them are coming from Illinois but other top producing states are Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania and California and you know our production might not be as big as theirs but we have wonderful pumpkins in Arizona and this is a season to enjoy them. One thing we talked about uh, earlier Julie you and I was just the fact that 
with the agritourism, and what did you call it, Katie, agritainment, um, with that industry that how the farmers help each other within the state Yes, because the crops mature at different times. Right. They're so, always talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And one of my farmers told me one time, and Katie, I'm sure your family does this too, is uh, she was just starting to get into it in terms of the agritourism and uh, delivering to farmer's market. But she said, Julie, my best advisors have been these vet- veteran generational farmers and they might not have even done farmers markets but because they know how to manage their crops they know that they have a real sense of the day-to-day in agriculture those are the farmers that I like to talk to so yes it's very common from one farm to the next and if they don't know who to talk to they usually call Arizona Farm Bureau and one of us on staff and they say hey this is my problem this is my issue who who do you know that might be helpful in that and you know, for some of these longtime farm families, the Leisters, the Haydens, the Murphys, when we were fi- farming, we've just, we have so much domain knowledge as it relates to that thing. We also have a history Chris, uh, question from uh, Rosie. Rosie, what was, <laughs> I wanted to hear your... Well, the uh, Leister family name is so unique, and Katie mentioned that they originally immigrated from Kentucky, and Kentucky is only separated from Pennsylvania by West Virginia. And the Leicester family farmhouse was General George Meade's headquarters Mm -hmm. during the Battle of Gettysburg. And and I lost ancestors on that farm. And I'm just curious, is there any connection between the Leicester family of Gettysburg and Leicester family of Buckeye? You know, I I really don't wouldn't have any idea. I again, I married into the family, but you know, um, my husband's ninety five year old grandma who still drives herself everywhere every day um, would probably have an idea on that. Um, and uh, and it was actually um, his maternal grandparents who who came from um, or great grandparents who who came from Kentucky. So the Leister name that family um, is is still focused in Maryland. So okay. okay. Well. Even still, Maryland's not yeah, very far from Pennsylvania. Yeah, it might not. You'll have to ask your family. Yeah. Is the video, is that of the grandma you're talking about, the, the, just a precious kind of overview story of your family farm history on the on the website I listened to before this weekend because I wanted to get a little bit more familiar with the family, and I just thought that video was precious. Is that the one you're talking about? It is. So um, our website is rocker7farmpatch.com, and there's a link um, in, in our main heading there for our story. And um, a few years ago, I sat down with um, with my husband's grandmother and kind of uh, asked her a few questions about um, about how they started. Uh, she mentions the story about her dad calling her and talking about the hot rock and um, and all of that. So, it's, yes, it's very, very, very precious. <laughs> <laughs> and, boy, our rocks do get hot out here so he was see- he was seeing the future to- despite the heat and it didn't affect his brain because you guys are here and you're well embedded and <laughs> that's fun so uh we've been talking a lot about what you guys are going to be doing uh you said that officially the festival for rocker seven starts next weekend does it go into november it does. So we kind of shifted shifted back a little bit this this year. Typically, we're open the four weekends in October, 
Um, due to our weather here in the Valley and things, we thought it would be more enjoyable for people this year, especially with an earlier first weekend to kind of shift that back. And so we're going to open next weekend. It works so much better with the crops too. Um, like we'll have, we'll have more of the pumpkins that we're growing will be available, um, you know, for, um, for those later weeks and I uh, will be open the, through the first weekend of November. So November oh, 3rd will be our closing day. That's right. Friday, Saturday, Sundays during those weekends. Okay, those weekends. great. Correct. Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, we, um, we, we're only open for our, our scheduled field trips uh, on the weekdays. So. Thank you. Only, only on Rosie on the House. Will you hear us teach the LSU fight song to a Texas A&M Aggie? You should see the twinkle in his eye, Katie. He is getting such a charge out of this. Here we go, Katie. I I can imagine. imagine. Come along now. Like knights of old, let's fight to hold the glory of the purple and gold. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, I I think it's fun that we had a Texas A&M and could tolerate the LSU fight. <laughs> Katie, thanks so much for being on the radio with us. And I know that you having to break away as you're prepping to open your farm to the public next weekend is huge. But we just so much appreciate you being part of today's show during the Farm Fresh yes, Hour. Thank you so, thank, thank you so much for, for having me. Um, again, um, wouldn't be possible without the good team I've got out there uh, still still going and um you know, it's, uh, it actually worked out great that we were able to be part of the Farm Fresh show, our tagline for our festival. Um, the festival is Farm Fresh Family Fun, and our field trips are Farm Fresh Field Trips. So um, anyway, this is, sounded like a perfect opportunity for us. Well, it is a great time to be a pumpkin farmer. Don't you have to agree? I mean, everything is pumpkin. Pumpkin lattes, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin pie, pumpkin cake. And as a matter of fact, fillyourplate.org has tons of really great recipes. I, I, last year, I became a big fan of the toasted seasoned pumpkin seeds. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I was just eating those by the handful. But you didn't want my pumpkin um, latte. I don't I want made. pumpkin anything in my coffee. <laughs> but I'll eat those pumpkin seasoned seeds three times a day. Well, despite that, I do like everything pumpkin and, and pumpkin spice. So, um, Katie, I'm going to try to get out there one of the weekends that you guys are open, especially during the fall festival. And so I can see it sounds like you've got some new things since I've been there because it's been a few years since I've been out. But again, thank you. And that's um, what I want to highlight for all of our farmers that open their farms to the public, which is huge. Uh, we have quite a few. You can be in any county in the state of Arizona and discover that there's a farm to visit. And the best way to do that is to go, thank you for the props earlier, but is to go to fillyourplate.org and look for that searchable database section called Visit a Farm. Rocker 7 Farm Patch is one of the farms in Maricopa County that you can visit. But we, if again, if you're in Cochise County or you're in Yavapai County, Uh, If you put in Yavapai County, and we do it by county because Arizona Farm Bureau is organized around counties. We have 14 of the 15 counties in the state of Arizona. We have 14 active Farm Bureau counties. And so uh, we just like to stay uh, in touch with that. If you plug in Yavapai County, up will pop Mortimer Family Farms. Their uh, agritourism, agritainment farm is on the old Young Farms, Mm -hmm. which a lot of... Arizona families are very familiar with. And, you know, it's some of these agritainment farms have been open so long that 
even you and I can remember visiting them. Well, now we've the next generation can come in terms of the public. And so Arizona is very blessed to have some really unique farms. And Katie and her family with Rocker 7 Farm Patch can, you know, be a, a testament to that. So we're excited. And that new feature means that it's going to be easier for our Arizona families that go to fillyourplate.org to find a particular farm that they can visit because that's what makes it, that allows us to make that connection. We always talk about being three or four generations removed from the farm. Well, we've eliminated that if you go visit the farm. Well, as a parent and grandparent, just what a wonderful way to spend a day. Get outside, have something to do, something to learn, something to play, a little enjoyment, fresh air. We talked about the corn maze, the hayride, pick a pumpkin, pet a, pet a critter. What a great way. Yeah. Yeah, all for ten bucks. So oh, now, no. how many pet a uh, critter? <laughs> pet a critter. Pet a critter. A goat or yeah, a little donkey. No, yeah. um, make a farm friend. <laughs> make a make farm a friend. friend. I just never heard it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so Jennifer, how many grandbabies are you going to take next weekend to Rocker Seven Farm Patch? We're going to take a couple of them. Yeah, Good. we're going to go next Sunday and uh, and just enjoy and hang out. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you well, see, see Katie, Katie, will you be there? I, I will. Yes, of course I will. Um, anyway, so yeah, we'll we'll look forward to that. We'll be the, we'll be the family of four dressed in LSU purple and gold. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't I can't wait. You know, you and I should get together for Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, uh, actually, that's the one game Jennifer and I are going to go to. So we'll be there. But Rocker well, for you. Rocker Seven Farm Patch, we're fertilizing young man young minds through whole. Family, fun, farm days. Go out and make a new farm friend. We'll be out there next weekend. Hope to see y'all. Katie, can't thank you enough. You have got to have your calendar absolutely jammed getting ready for this festival. Can't thank you enough for letting Julie talk you into coming on air with us. Well, we we appreciate the opportunity to um, talk a little bit about what we do and um, and. The, the family the family's history here again I feel like it's something that's a little bit uh, different than probably other generational families so we we appreciate it we appreciate you thanks a bunch who do we have next month Julie you know I'm still working on the farmer I have to get close to the date when it's due because things break so quickly on the farm that one day it's a yes and the next day up oh, you got to find another farmer to bring uh, on the radio well what's the what's the produce Oh, um, I think we're going to do, I need to double check, but I think it's going to be cotton again oh. because November is when they're in the peak of the harvest. All right. Well, stay tuned. Romy's broadcasting live from the Saba Show in Tucson. We're going to be talking water with Connecticut.